0: hey everybody welcome to a brand new episode of the daily objective we have a lot to talk about today quote free stuff is on my mind here in los angeles where i'm at uh first everything was closed because of the lockdown then it started to reopen again and then oh we're uh we're happy to announce our reopening includes a redesign of uh of thick thick wooden boards covering our place of business that's 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 attractive isn't it Anyway, I'll stop ranting and introduce a man who, let me tell you, legend has it. Legend has it that um, Aristotle's hidden works are actually fully memorized and contained in his brain. (laughs) The man, the myth, Nikos Sotakirikopoulos.
1: Almost, almost. Hi, Raka. Thank you for, as always, for the introduction. So today we discuss free stuff. So I can't wait to go back to the UK because apparently I will get a freelance, almost a freelance, not a freelance, but a land where maybe 50% is going to be free. So Milton Friedman says there's not such thing as a freelance. The government, the UK government says, Milton, you are wrong. So the Chancellor of the Exchequer, and I apologize for my horrible pronouncement, but in the rest of the world, this is what they call the finance minister, uh, Risi Sunak, yesterday announced a 30 billion with a B program to revitalize the UK economy. And this boosts the public spending during the COVID crisis to 190 billion, again with a B. So, what is he going to do? He's going to do some good things. He's going to cut stamp duty and he's going to, to cut VAT. And I wish this would be permanent things, but I won't say that uh, this shows that uh, the measures we take in a crisis are the measures that should apply outside of the crisis because most of the measures are to the direction of a more controlled economy. So the measure, the measure that attracted the most attention was the free stuff. So if you go to a restaurant from a Monday till Wednesday, you, get, uh, you can get 10 pounds off per person And if you add the lower VAT, this could make the meal way cheaper. So here we have central planning at its purest, because not only it's going to tell you we will control the price, but also the days that you will go to the restaurant. So it's Monday to, to, to Wednesday. Apparently people go out anyway on Thursday, so they don't have to do this. But I want also your comments on some other very interesting things that are in this announcement. So for example, since we're spending billions there will be also 3 billion packets to generate jobs in the green economy. So what I was thinking at the beginning of the crisis, and I remember we had a relevant meetup with Razi and the Arno Center UK, is that now that things are tough, we're going to forget for a bit about green jobs and the new new green deal. But you have a country which I have to take my notes as the meme goes to how much borrowing this country is going to need because of its deficit. So this deficit could reach 300 billion of extra borrowing. And yet, we are throwing 3 billion to generate jobs in the green economy. And while we're at it, the BBC also announced the other day, 100 million to promote projects and programs that will kind of push forward diversity. So I was hoping that... The crisis could bring in some economic rationality. Turns out I'm wrong. How can this happen? Don't these people care about their, let's say, self-preservation or the self-preservation of the economy?
0: I mean, look, we've got prominent intellectuals in the culture today, like uh, I forget his name. But he kind of looks like Dick Cheney, and uh, he's—I've seen him uh, speaking about capitalism, and he sees the Soviet Union as an instance of capitalism because it was not purely run by the workers. So there was still a boss, and there was still authority. So we all experience the same reality; we all observe it, but the way it's interpreted then is the province of philosophy, which is why that's the ultimate battle. So when when we have crashes, when we have um, various emergencies. My response is this This only proves we needed to have a free market this whole time to raise our standard of living so we can have something to fall back on individually, as well as having market innovations to deal with these emergencies and, and prepare for them and insurance innovations and and a government that's good at doing its particular job so that it's not busy doing other stuff uh, beyond protecting the rights of the individual. So. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, sadly, to see that people are responding to these emergency situations by saying, oh, good, let's have more government uh, regulation, not just regulation, redistribution. I mean, I don't even know how to describe half the stuff going on anymore. It's, I mean, I guess the, the, the silver lining is um, the demonization of business isn't sort of um, at the forefront of all this. So like the AOCs of the world, Um, who are just saying like end capitalism and these corporations screwed us all. I don't see much of a future in that sort of rhetoric, at least not in America. We as much as we're cynical in America at this point towards business, we don't quite hate them as much as AOC would like us to. As much as Hollywood shows us businessmen pulling guns on each other every at every turn, Americans are still we've got a certain benevolence where we know businessmen. We want to be businessmen. We we don't hate them. But what we are increasingly drifting towards uh, to our own future and current detriment is the sort of centrist sort of Republican meets, uh, you know, centrist Democrat, which is, hey, we'll all work together, the government and business and big business, especially. And, you know, with some handouts for small business. But really, ultimately, this is going to be big business is going to be grandfathered in and locked in, in in its position as it marries the government and yeah they'll give us all a little bit a little bit of goodies uh, so we so we don't have to so we can sleep at night and we don't have to worry and also they're gonna um you know require us to buy stuff i mean europe is full of this you guys in some countries have to buy cable tv you have to buy the bbc you have to uh buy various things that you don't necessarily want but anyway i mean everything you just listed just sounds like that's the future sadly and it's not sustainable, even even if you know e- like even if all the um, sort of limitations that these policies place on people's ambitions and places on you know places on their standard of living, even if all of that weren't reason enough to discourage this type of direction we're moving, it's unsustainable. It's going to lead to absolute catastrophe. and these catastrophes, are set in motion to begin with by people thinking they can cheat reality by thinking, yeah, I understand that really you have to produce something in order for someone to have it. And then that person who produces it needs to give it away voluntarily for it to be quote free or else we're sort of introducing force into the equation, which is going to lead to this, going to lead to that, going to lead to that. But I really want something right now. And hey, look, man, we got, we got this emergency situation. So hey, yeah, let's, let's, just, let's just, you know, don't worry about it. Just don't think about it. The experts have spoken, people say, ah, oh, you know, they, they know better than me, who am I? I'm a simple man. I'm just a simple guy.
1: My favorite moment was during the lockdown when someone claimed, and when I mean someone, I don't mean like a random person on Twitter, like it was an article in a, one of the progressive big uh, media. It said. Something like Netflix should be free during the lockdown because you know we need it. But but here's the thing when object when objectivists talk about why it's wrong to lie, they say the problem with lying, except from everything else, you know, faking, is that once you say one lie, then you have to keep lying to cover the previous lies. And that's how I see the intervention in the economy. So, in a way, I feel really bad about the finance minister of all these countries because Where you are now, you have to do something. Everyone says you need to do something. You can't let people go out of work. So they've shut down the economy. They've scared the people. Maybe, again, we can discuss whether for good reason or for bad reason. But it's unquestionable that in the UK, the government very quickly kind of bought into this fear narrative of the media in a way that didn't happen in other countries. So now their problem is that already, although the economy is open, people are afraid to go out. And it's kind of understandable in in some way. So they find themselves between a rock and a hard place because they've been telling us all this time that you can't go out. The The COVID crisis was especially bad in the UK and in some ways it still is. So now they have to do these very, very weird things in order to justify their position so everyone is saying do something do something and of course what was the reaction from the opposition this was not this did not go far enough said labor my favorite reaction was someone from the lib dems who said eh, this was a very masculine uh package deal because it's it's helped more businesses that have this masculine character which i didn't get it to be honest but anyway who knows who knows what a uh, liberal centrist could think but here's here's the issue I think many people in our circles, and I don't mean the objective circles, I mean generally the kind of freedom movement circles, have been crying wolf way too much, I think, about socialism and Venezuela and Corbyn and all that stuff. But am I wrong to claim that nowadays the UK has a de facto centrally planned economy? I mean, there is private property. But it's centrally planned, not in a Soviet Union way, maybe in a kind of fascist Italy way. And I am not say fascist you know, to scare people. I mean, objectively, as an economic model, you have private property, but how it's used, everything is directed by the state. And everything is directed by an ideology that says, where is your place? So for example, I see a lot of people these days posting on Twitter they go out and they have huge meals, and they say, "I did my patriotic duty." So basically, now, citizen, your duty is not to stay home, as we're told. Now, your citizen, your duty, citizen, is to go out and, and consume. So, could we say that officially, we have now we live in plant economies, and these planned economies are probably here to stay? What do you think?
0: United they stand, as Leonard Peikoff put it so eloquently at the end of. The Ominous Parallels, United They Stand, referring to the two parties dominant in America, and I imagine three or four in the UK. Uh, I mean, to, to advocate for capitalism is a kooky little, you know, fringe point of view that's impossible, basically impossible to, like, differentiate the rational ones from the crazy anarchists in today's landscape. Obviously, you and I know what we stand for, but it's very difficult to t- get anyone to take capitalism seriously in its true form united they stand you you turn on any tv show and you're seeing people living in a mixed economy i mean fred flintstone you know the caveman he's got his government union and and all that stuff i imagine but you know that everyone just takes that for granted like that's just the natural order of things having the government and business sort of work together it's not like i said it's not we're not you know the proletariat is not you know seizing the means of production it's you know there's going to be a boardroom and uh and the CEO, along with the representative of the workers, along with the government bureaucrat, along with this, along with that, they're all going to work together, quote-unquote. And it's BS because, you know, as soon as force is introduced, a.k.a. The, as soon as the government starts telling people how it's going to be in their, in their private business, we're no longer dealing with liberty. We're no longer dealing with, ra- with reasoning beings uh, making rational decisions. And um, here's... Go. Yeah.
1: Here's how I see this playing from now on. So what is going to be the intellectual weapon of, let's say, the conservatives in the UK against the left? For the next 20 years, the left are going to tell them, and they're going to be right within their own context, that look, in the time of crisis, it has been proven once again that it's time for socialism. We're all socialists now, as the slogan went in the 2008-2009 pre- crisis. Therefore, you all, all you, you ideologues have been hypocrites and now it's time to do the real thing. And they will say again, they will go back to the second war, to the great depression, and then to the second world war, because according to the mythology of the Marxists, the second world war happened. It was the only thing that put an end to the crisis. And it happened because of capitalism, because in their universe, nothing says capitalism like the Imperial Japan, the National Socialist in Germany, the fascists in Italy. And but anyway, so they will say, look, let's let's do the real thing and let's have a properly planned economy. For example, instead of us telling to businesses what to do, maybe initially we put someone on the board or maybe, you know, we give a, a say to the workers in terms of give them shares, whatever. And you mentioned this board of everyone sitting on the same table. It reminds me of that very creepy meeting towards the end of part two of Atlas Shrugged when all these people who, you know, the businessmen, labor, science, all sit on the table. And I don't want to give spoilers, but uh, the result is, uh, is, is depressing. The result is basically the collapse of society. But here's another interesting thing from yesterday's uh, statement by the, by the Chancellor. So he says at some point, we enter this crisis unencumbered by dogma, and we continue in this spirit, driven always by the simple desire to do what is right. Now, when weirdos like us gather together and discuss Peakoff's understanding objectives uh, for uh, sessions, and he talks about pragmatism, some people might think, Uh, You're losing your time. This is not real life. This is basically, you know, you people intellectualizing. This is philosophy with legs walking in real life. So he says, we have no dogma, which basically says we have no principles. That's what he's saying. We have no principles. We just do what is right. And what's the obvious question here? Right based on what? Exactly. So here's, here's where the lack of principles leads you. And it reminds me time and again, this tweet that became viral, but one of the prominent quote, centrist libertarians at the beginning of the crisis, who said, well, normally I'm a centrist libertarian, but during a crisis, anything goes. Keynesian is blocked down zero. I don't care as long as it works. That's where it leads. That's exactly the end point of pragmatism. The end point of pragmatism is a planned economy, which my prediction is, it's going to destroy the economy even more because I come from a country which is, in my opinion, the most beautiful in the world, but so many of us had to escape this country because of bad economics. So if people think, which come from bad ideas, if people think that bad economics don't catch up with you, ask a Greek. Anyway, let me ask you one more question, which is going to be a difficult one, so I might be putting you on the spot. Let's say the Chancellor would say, you know what, I've watched Ratka and Nikos and all this is too much for my conscience, I give up. And, and he would give you a call and say, okay, Ratka, you know we've screwed up, we recognize this, but now you take over. Do you think there's any space within where we find ourselves for a solution which is not going to be completely catastrophic? So we, we've had the lockdowns, we've had governments being already way too intervening in the economy, is there a way out of the tunnel, or is it too late?
0: I look. I'm. Uh, you know, you're asking the wrong person about like what's going to happen and if it is it too late. I mean, almost nobody can probably answer that. But I can tell you, if I were given the key that way to the car that way, I would pr- start privatizing things and uh, legalizing victimless crimes and, uh, you know, absolutely privatize the finance sector. Jesus Christ, the fact we even have civilization blows my mind. It just shows you the ingenuity. <laughs> That the, 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 the in, this inextinguishable flame of the human spirit, the fact that we still have some elements of capitalism when the lifeblood of capitalism, the finance sector is the most regulated and the most vilified. Um, so privatize that, privatize education, legalize drugs, legalize prostitution. And, you know, let the let the market deal with those things. Um, let the market, for instance, decide if who's going to sell drugs and, and who's going and, and how people are going to deal with addiction and stuff like that. And then let the police protect businesses that are getting smashed rather than uh, chasing drug dealers around. But anyway, I mean, there's so much to get into it with, with regards to capitalism. But anyway, if, if your question was, what would I do if, if the chancellor said, I'm in charge, of course I would have to resign, but I would, um, I would, I, I would use my pulpit to ad- advocate for capitalism. But of course, politicians don't educate us, you know, it's not our job to find a capitalist to run for president. It really, that really is putting the cart before the horse. First, we change the culture through education. By the way, the Marxist I mentioned earlier that I said looks like Dick Cheney is named Richard Wolf. I just oh yeah, up Wolf, up. yeah yeah. And Uron uh, Brook uh, responded to him in at least one video, so uh, that's who I was mentioning earlier. He's the one who says that the Soviet Union what, was still a, an instance of capitalism. Um, let me say this. Yeah, pragmatism is the philosophy of the modern world, especially in America, as far as I can tell. And it's basically we're down to pragmatism versus this um, idealistic nihilism, the idealistic egalitarianism of the postmoderns, right? They're, they're here to bring morality back into the forefront. They're here to have a moral purpose by basically reducing everyone down to the level of a zygote so that we're equal, but before that, and what, the opposition to that and what we had before that for a long time and what we'll probably have looking ahead is pragmatism. This, this attitude that says, forget principles. What's all this? What's this abstract ideas you're bringing into the equation? Let's just look at what works. But how do you, again, what works by, in order to do what and by what standard? And remember that pragmatism did not just emerge in a vacuum. Pragmatism being the school of philosophy. It came after philosophers sort of disproved reason, the efficacy of reason, of the mind, of the ability of the individual to observe reality as it is and to act accordingly. So once reason is out, once rational principles are out, then comes just this pragmatism. Pragmatism is just, no, 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 put, put, put all these ideas aside, put philosophy aside, and let's just do what works. And you see that everywhere. Every time you hear somebody saying, oh, enough with all this all of this bickering, let's just, let's just stop with all this partisanship and just do what works. What are they saying? They're saying they want a form of benevolent uh, authoritarianism, basically. They want a benevolent um, dictator to basically give us some free stuff and also sort of police us a little bit. The Occupy Wall Street people back about 10 years ago now, what did they really want when they were actually asked, OK, what system would you like? They were like, I don't know, whatever, you know not this they knew and basically some again benevolent communism or benevolent authoritarianism some 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 type of soft fascism that's not going to be nasty and racist like the nazis but it certainly is not going to be laissez faire capitalism it's going to be this 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 nightmare which begins with saying oh the We can all do this together, the government and business. We can sit together and we can find a way to cheat reality so that everybody's going to get a little bit of free stuff and everybody's going to be okay. But when you try to cheat reality, you are going to die on that hill, my friend.
1: Very, very, I couldn't agree more. And one more thing. Remember the bum on the train with Dagny in Atlas Rock, who who talks about the factory. and He says, we're all guilty in one way. We all expected that we'd gain something from this central planning scheme. So everyone thinks like they're not, but many think, "Oh, I'll benefit something. You know, I'll, I'll get something for free." Not remembering that there's someone behind you that they will also expect something for for free.
0: Anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and one last point. Yes. I just um, and. And also the homeless guy in in Atlas Shrugged also said that something like I was I was paying lip service to altruism saying, oh, we're going to take care of all the little people. We're going to take care of the needy. But what I didn't want to acknowledge was the fact that I also wanted something for free from the people more capable than me. So that's something people need to, anytime anyone's advocating for any type of redistribution, just spell it out. Just say, look, I want to take care of the poor. And also I want free stuff from people that are better than me and who, uh, you know, who are more capable and brighter than myself. And I have no self-respect whatsoever. Put it that way. And yeah, and let's see, let's see who goes for it. But you know who gives giveaways and benefits that are not
1: at anyone's detriment?
0: The Iron Rand Rand Center, Center UK?
1: Yes if you become a member. So to support the the things that we're doing and to support the great work the Enron Centre UK is doing, visit its website, check its membership program. It's a a deal for traders. The Enron Centre will gain something. You'll gain immense value for fighting the good battle. Raga, we're 24 minutes in and here I was before the show worrying if we're going to cover 20 minutes with the measures that the chancellor announced yesterday so we're going to come back to all that stuff but it was great talking to you and see you all tomorrow bye everyone